You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. From an athletic perspective, our bodies are so smart and they can do so much beyond what we imagine in our mind. All the limitations that we put on ourselves are, are in our heads. That was Jessica Rice. This is Marnie Salo. Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Welcome and welcome back. You're listening to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. If this is your first time listening, I am a wellness-minded entrepreneur, endurance athlete, and yogi. I am the founder of brand strategy and communications company, The Salop Group, and content development and production company, Fit Plus Love. I am super excited to connect you with today's guest, Jessica Rice, co-founder of Mad Ritual. But before we dive into conversation, shout out to our sponsors, Inside Tracker. Inside Tracker is the ultra personalized nutrition platform that analyzes your blood, DNA, and lifestyle to help you optimize your body from the inside out. They are my go-to for understanding my inner health, looking at my blood levels, and getting great nutritional insight. Inside Tracker transforms your body's data into meaningful insights and a customized action plan of the science-backed recommendations you need to reach your goals. Take control of your health and wellness. Unlock the power of your potential. Use our code for 20% off. Thank you, MOTM. And of course, there's a link in the show notes. Now, back to Jessica. Jessica Rice is the co-founder of Mad Ritual, my favorite CBD balm and CBD bath balm company that has been a game changer for my training and sore muscle recovery for the past year. But it's not just for athletes, it's for everyone. Mad Ritual is a woman-owned and operated company headquartered in the Pacific Northwest. Jessica and co-founder Amy Bragg launched the company in 2018 with the brand's now cult favorite balm, which has become a must-have amongst anyone sore from life. Made from five simple, high-quality ingredients, these topicals are vegan and organic. Since the brand's inception, Mad Ritual has expanded into new products, including bath bombs, and into over 100 locations in 26 states. They have over 100 five-star reviews on their website. Today, Jessica and I are talking about where the idea for Mad Ritual began, the company's growth and expansion along the way, her lifelong love of swimming, her journey into cold water swimming, and the Wim Hof Method, how meditation has changed her life, our mutual love of yoga, and of course, her latest adventure, her new baby, Owen, and what it was like giving birth at home during COVID times. Jessica shares how her athletic and yogi mindset have empowered her for success in all aspects of her life. Mad Ritual is offering Marnie on the Move listeners 15% off. Use our code Marnie on the Move. 
I hope you enjoy what you hear. If you do, leave us a review. It's easy. Head over to the Apple app, wherever you listen, click on Marnie on the Move podcast, scroll through the episodes, click on five stars and leave us a review. Also, tell your friends what you're listening to. Share it on your social platforms, on your Instagram stories, on Facebook, wherever you're promoting what you love. Now, on to our conversation. So the way we met is through your company, Mad Ritual CBD, when you were in New York at a wellness event. This product that you created has like changed my recovery in such a huge way. I mean, I use it after every workout and it's been amazing. Just the CBD bomb. And then I love the new bath bomb. So what inspired you to start Mad Ritual? You know, it was kind of a series of things. Amy, my my best friend and business partner, we actually started out in 2017 as a cannabis education company. So here in Washington state, we legalized cannabis in, I think it was like 2015. And then everybody really started to get their stuff together in 2016. And we're both brand nerds. We're, we're totally obsessed with, with branding and marketing. And um, what we noticed was a huge lack of finesse in, in the industry. And it still felt a little bit shady, but we knew that there were a lot of benefits to it. And we knew particularly um, how many, how many women would benefit from just being a little bit more educated about cannabis. So we started out doing small groups and um, kind of tying in cannabis and wellness together. Um, And these women would show up and they would ask questions and they'd be like, yeah, you know, getting stoned is cool and all, but how is this going to help me with my back pain or menopause or my period and kind of all of these different things. And we're like, oh my gosh, I don't know. And so we started really researching and that's when we discovered CBD, which back in you know, 2016, 2017, nobody was really talking about that. And then in 2018, when the hemp farm bill passed, we decided that we would work with it. And that's kind of how we, we started Mad Ritual. The idea for the product came later because we decided that we wanted to do a topical and then things just kind of evolved from there. But Mad Ritual actually started out as a cannabis education. Speaking of cannabis education, I mean, there's so many different kinds of CBD that all these brands are using. When you're looking to buy CBD products, right? Like how do you know that the brand that you're going to purchase this product from is using a quality level CBD? Like what are some of the different kinds and what should consumers look for? Yeah, it's hard to know, but really you just want to work with a company that has test results linked to their product on their website, whether that's through a QR code on the packaging, or if you're shopping online, you can go and you can see the test results and see the potency, see the the tests for heavy metals, pesticides, things like that. That's always really important. And then there are three main types of CBD on the market right now. There's full spectrum. So full spectrum CBD is, it's the component of all of its parts. It's going to be terpene rich, cannabinoid rich. So it's going to have more than just that CBD and maybe even a little bit of, of THC 
um, full spectrum just has to be under the, the limit. I think it's 0.3% THC. So, and a lot of times it's, it's really not even detectable there. So it's full spectrum. The second one you have is broad spectrum, which is what we use. And that is, it's CBD, the sum of all of its parts, terpene rich, cannabinoid rich, but there's 0%. THC in it. So a lot of people are still pretty weary on the THC cannabinoid. So we just wanted to take that out altogether and just kind of remove that block. And then the last one is, is CBD isolate. So CBD isolate is good for some things. It, it works really fast, but it doesn't have the prolonged effect that a broad spectrum or full spectrum oil would have. The isolate is just that one isolated compound. So you're looking at like a 99.9% pot, uh, potency. But actually there's a New York company and I'm trying to get in there. It's it, it, Comeback Daily. Have you heard of them? They're called Comeback Daily and they've got a great... CBD education on their website, which I think should be the standard. There's also another one out here on the West Coast. It's called CBD Certified by a company called East Fork Cultivars, and they've got some really great information on CBD too. So we're starting to see some companies really take initiative and bring this science to consumers in a way that's easily digestible, which I think is so important because with anything new, there's so much misinformation and because there's such a gray area um, with the legality of it, or there was for a long time, I think we're starting to see that become a little bit more black and white. It's really hard for consumers to be educated about it because we weren't really able to do any studies or research on it. So yeah, now I mean, there's a lot can, of, there's been a lot of misinformation and it was like very woo woo. And, yeah. you know, I think it's because it was associated with the plant, right? So totally. it's like that. Yeah all comes along with it, but it's an amazing anti-inflammatory and has huge healing properties. We would set up in the early days, um, in the early days, in the, early days. Ago, in the pre-COVID days, uh, we'd set up a booth at Marathon Expos and at the end of, of races and we yeah. would hand people sticks with the bomb just on it. And we're like, we're like, here, you know, you just ran 26.2 miles try this and they're like no 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 I don't want to get high and we're like no it's not going to get you high and, you know, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> and then you have other people who are like yes give it to me and like shoving it down their pants you know yeah <laughs> totally <laughs> everything hurts give it to me so it was so fun though in the beginning being able to connect with athletes and that's really where we got our start because they're always sore and so it just made sense you know we're like well let's go where the score people are. And runners are really funny too, because some of them are, are way open to it. I would say the ultra people more so. Yeah. But then you had other people who just wore their injuries, like a badge of honor. Like I yeah. remember talking to this one guy after the Seattle marathon and he was like, I've had knee pain for 36 years and I like won't stop running. And we're like, why don't you just try it? And he was like, no. That's so funny. So tell me about all the products that you have. So we've got three different blends. We started out with a peppermint eucalyptus. We wanted something with a warming and cooling effect. But if you're like me, I grew up smelling like Bengay and Tiger Balm yes. on my parents. And I'm just, I hate it. It just takes me back. We really wanted something that, that would still have that effect, but just wouldn't like slap you in the face with, with a scent. So we did the peppermint eucalyptus and then 
people are like, this is great. I use it for all the things, but it's really invigorating with love a relaxing scent. So then we, that's when we did the lavender and frankincense and those two are our best sellers for sure. And then we brought on the unscented balm because some people just don't want any aromatherapy, you know? So then we brought on the unscented and, and that one does okay too. But something that's cool about that and I mean, the the fun thing about these bombs is, you know, we made them for sore muscles and recovery, but uh, the brand has really evolved or the products have kind of evolved beyond that into more of a commodity because we get a different review on our website every day from somebody using it for something that we never would have even dreamt of. Like someone used the lavender frankincense on a sunburn, you know, some people use the unscented for their, for their animals. Um, Yeah. That's a great idea, by the way. I'm so excited to test it out on my dogs. So it's great for dogs for their paws, right? Yeah. There's no toxic ingredients. And like if they lick it, it's fine. Yeah, it's no big deal. And somebody just actually posted the other day that they were giving their dog a paw to cure mad ritual. (laughs) They're like, yes. (laughs) So cute. I know with our German shepherd, I had used it on his I started using it on his nose because he would get a really bad, uh, he'd get really bad, dry, cracked nose during the wintertime. And so I was like, oh, I'm just going to try it and see if it works. And it was like night and day. It's just, we've got people who use it as a moisturizer for dry skin or yeah. um, for symptoms of eczema, period cramps. Actually, that that's where we got our really big break, which led us to New York and Founder Made where we met you know, because Amy and I were, we were making this stuff in our kitchen and just really for our friends and family and um, local events. And, you know, we had a few, a few customers, yoga studios and uh, wellness centers that we sold to, but we got picked up by a Buzzfeed editor who suffers from endometriosis. And she featured us in, in a lineup of products for video that, went on BuzzFeed and had like a million views. Wow. That's huge. Instantly. I mean, we were getting notifications from our website. And we're like, what is going on? <laughs> we found this video and we were so excited. So yeah, we've been able to, to really connect with, with people who use it for all kinds of things. So that's been, that's been awesome. And then you have the new bath bomb. We've got the new bath bomb because everybody, the big joke is like, I need this for my entire body. Like, how can I bathe in Mad Ritual? And we're like, oh, well, <laughs> we'll just get you a bath. So we connected with a company in, in Florida, a, a wom- another woman-owned business. We always try to work with women or, you know, smaller family-owned businesses whenever we, we can. So we found a woman-owned business out of Florida that helped us come up with a really good formula for the bath bond. I had a big aversion to it at the beginning because... I'm like, well, I don't want to use any synthetic dyes and I don't want any synthetic fragrances and like what even is a bath bomb. And then we kind of went back and forth with our manufacturer and ended up coming up with an all natural bath bomb um, with synthetic ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. And we still got to use essential oils. So, and there's coconut oil in it. So you just come out feeling moisturized and invigorated and and really good so it it. it ended up yeah I was actually the hardest sell on the bath bomb so like I don't know guys and then um, now I'm addicted to bath bombs because you're this type of product where people need to just chill out in these COVID times and just the past political landscape and everything else that's been going on in the world like who doesn't need 
a CBD bomb or to take a bath with a CBD bath bomb. It's like just such a great stocking stuffer, great holiday gifts, like great. How have you been doing during COVID and how has your growth been as an entrepreneur? I mean, you started two years ago and I'm sure you've been through different iterations of your business, like growing, but then also like yeah. during COVID and like opening new doors and you know, we kind of laugh because every time that we've had to pivot and grow has been forced. You know, we put a strategy down on paper and it, being in the CBD industry, it never goes as you, as you planned. You know, you either have, you know, in the beginning we were having processing issues, so we weren't really able to, to have a presence online. And, and then even for 2020, we had a mass retail strategy, which... <laughs> We've gotten really used to pivoting and fortunately we're small. We haven't taken any major investment money. But you're looking to if anybody's interested. (laughs) We are looking for it. Yes. And, and so that's, we've really been able to revisit our e-commerce strategy this year and, and just pivot hard there and, and really go all in. So we feel really fortunate that we have really loyal customers from the beginning and new, new customers coming through every day. So we're definitely there. Our conversion numbers are all there. And now it's just a matter of scaling. E-commerce is nuts. I mean, as you know, I did the founder made, they had a D to C summit. It was like a webinar a couple of weeks ago. And one of the speakers was talking about e-commerce and how it actually advanced five years just in 2020 because of COVID. Yeah. I mean, people Um, have been really forced to rethink how their brand is moving forward if they're a physical product or a retail space. I mean, the whole fitness industry has definitely changed. Like there's good takeaways too, right? Like, but it it is like magnified at such an intensive level. And you know what I think is going to start happening too? I mean, at least I'm hopeful for it. I think we're going to start getting bored of Amazon. Yeah. Because there's only so much that you can do there, right? And you want to have that same kind of boutique experience. At least I'm somebody who likes to shop small and local and craft and artisan. And you don't get that in a lot of places online. So I think it's actually a really good opportunity for brands to showcase themselves in a way that they want to and, and really get creative with their websites. Yeah, I agree. We've had a good time with it really honing in on on our brand voice and yeah you recently started a blog on your website you've had it a little you've had it all along but I feel like you've been putting more energy into that and creating content on your website for people to sort of experience the brand from what the brand culture is and not so much about the product totally because and, and this is a part of you know my kind of background too is I am a service industry person forever. I mean, I, one of my first jobs was doing room service at the Marriott in Houston when I was in high school. And I've worked as a bartender and I worked in fine dining and as a server and taking care of people is at my core. That is when I feel like I'm living my, my best life is when I'm, is when I'm helping people feel better or making somebody's day or making their night. And so having just a product is great, but how can you really follow that up with, with a service? So I think the only way to do that right now online as a brand is to really have, have a blog that serves your customers' 
beyond just the purpose of SEO. Right. Because we all read those articles, right? Like you, or you see a website and they've got 15 articles posted on the exact same day and they're all 1200 words. <laughs> they're yeah. really stale and, you know, and that's great. But what we really want to do is, is create a sense of community and, and serve our customers. If you have a tin on your desk and maybe you've been using it just for a sore a sore back or sore muscles, but you come down with a migraine headache in the middle of the day, we want you to know that you can actually rub mad ritual along your temples and your forehead and your neck and find relief from symptoms of a headache. And we're all in front of our screens all day now. It's like, we, we just want to support people who, who have the product. The scent of the products helps with like, headaches as well yeah or sinus like if your sinuses feel stuff yeah we taglined simple ingredients endless uses because we just thought that was really the most straightforward thing we could tell people about the product like what you can use it for that you can use it you can use it for everything before we go into the next chapter and your next baby which is really your baby congratulations you had a baby this summer what was that like having a baby during covid Well, I don't know what it's like to have a baby not during COVID, Um, (laughs) but we feel really blessed because my husband works from home. I'm working from home and we're kind of always here and we've been able to be here for everything and not miss it. I think for both of us, because he's busy and he works in the real estate industry and he's a martial artist. He trains, teaches and and competes in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, he's amazing. So I myself am just like, go, go, go all the time. And I think COVID really helped us kind of ground as a family and step back and say, whoa, you know, what, what's really important here and having, you know, nothing brings you into the present moment, like having a a new life. It's just, it's been really incredible. So we've tried to stay positive and look at the bright side of things and not drive ourselves too crazy. We had an amazing midwife. I was going to say you had a really cool birth too. Like we had a super cool cool birth. Yeah. That also would not have happened if it weren't for COVID. We ended up having the baby here at home, which everything just ended up being perfect. So that's a great, yeah, I planned on doing a drug free natural birth anyway. And I went in for my last appointment at the hospital and just was overwhelmed by the chaotic energy. I mean, it was in March, yeah. you know, here in Seattle where it was, it had just broken out and we didn't know anything about the virus really at that time. I'm big into energy and we pivoted. I just said, this doesn't feel right. And so I decided to, to trust my gut. I know you are an avid swimmer. Did you swim today? No, you know, it's just one of those things. There's always something that's got to give, I feel like with a baby. Yes. And last night, it was just, he was just having one of those nights. He was teething. He's been teething. So um, I was up with him from like one o'clock to four o'clock in the morning and my alarm went off and Reg just kind of looked at me and he was like, maybe you should skip swimming. And I was like, yeah, I think so. And he's like, why don't I just, I'll get up with him and you can sleep, just sleep in. So that's what I did. And it was a very rare Something always has to get like you really I always think I can get everything done and everything no in and then I like know. yeah something has to and give. you set yourself up for failure that yep, way totally that's what I've kind of had to learn is like just really toning things back and something that I've taken for granted my whole life because I am an amazing sleeper like 
I will go to bed at nine. I, I can wake up at six or whatever. And I always get a solid nine hours of sleep. Don't wake up kind of dead to the world once my head hits the pillow. God, I'm and so jealous. Always been that way. And having a baby, I'm like, oh my God, I cannot function with no sleep. So really, I mean, my exercise had to be modified hugely since he's been here because I, I, there's no way I can get a good workout in if I if I'm only running on like four hours of sleep. You probably also like recovering from having a baby and giving birth. So, but you're still swimming. <laughs> I am. Yeah, I'm still swimming. And what I've really fallen in love with recently is walking. I go for like long walks that just they almost feel indulgent, like they're so long. Walking is so underrated. It's such an amazing workout. I walk a lot in New York City. Like I walk to meetings and places and whatever, but I never like walk as a form of exercise. It's usually a form of commuting or getting somewhere. Yeah, out here, I mean, we don't really have that unless you're living like really in downtown Seattle, but there's just not a huge reason to walk out here. So we're really lucky where we are outside of the city. There's a really long trail, just like not even a half a mile from my house. So I just go and I hit that trail and I just get lost in my head and I will walk for like five or six miles and it just feels like it just makes my day so much better when I go do that. So I try to get out every day. Do you take the baby with you in a stroller or yeah. you? Yes. That's yep. great. Owen comes with me. I bundle him up. I just bought like a big brain cover for our all-terrain stroller. So nice. there's no excuses. Every athlete <laughs> needs an all-terrain stroller. <laughs> I know this guy was running past me yesterday, just probably running like a six-minute mile with his baby. I was like, get out of here. Oh my God. What are you doing? I'm always in Central Park. And when people pass me with a stroller, I'm like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing? Yeah, I must be running really (laughs) slow, but actually. That's so funny. Well, running too, because like I'll jog a little bit, but it's, I use my arms and I think this comes from just being a swimmer. Like my arms are really what propel my legs. I feel like. That so is not being able to use my arms is like really like I have no idea what I'm doing, like I'm running for the first time. That is so interesting because when you are running, your arms are supposed to be part of the sort of movement, right? They are supposed yes. to help you move forward, but some people don't use their arms, right? <laughs> Or some people use their arms too much, you know? So I've never really thought of it that way. I mean, I have thought of it in a way like where in terms of efficiency, right? So like when you're doing triathlon, I think, you know, the swim, you're like more using your arms and like pulling through the water or the bike, you're using your legs, still not really using your arms. And then on the run, technically, I mean, you use your arms, but your arms are kind of cooked by then. So it's really just like all your legs. I know I need to like hire a coach to help me run because it's just one of those things, especially with COVID that because I can't get to the pool, it's closed and it's really hard for me to get to the sound or to a body of open water that is really swimmable all the time. And I love running because it's so minimal. You could just do it and there's no like startup time. It's just, you just go outside. Right. You just need a good pair of shoes, which I have. I love my Brooks, but Uh Uh-oh, did you just plug Brooks, my favorite brand? (laughs) 
They're the best, Narnie. I have, this is why I'm not a runner. This is why my parents put me in swimming when I was like two, because my feet are so big and flat and it's like, they're built in flippers. It's like a joke in my That's house. Everything great, makes fun of my feet. Yeah. <laughs> they're amazing for swimming, horrible for running, but I wear the Brooks Cascadias. Have you tried those? They're trail runners. No, I haven't tried them. I pretty much, if I do any kind of running or jogging, it's it's on a trail. It's not on the street. So I use those and they've got the Gore-Tex and they ju- I could just hike forever and those bad boys are amazing. That's great. I've never tried their trail shoes. Before all this happened, I mean, I did hot yoga every for an hour every day. And then I'd go to the gym and lift weights or do a bar class or you know, that the whole, the fitness aspect of, of my life is really social. And that's been the hardest thing for me. I never really looked at it that way until we were forced to go into all these lockdowns and, you know, you're unable to do your everyday activities. But right. that's what I was missing the most is like, wow, I didn't, I didn't realize how many friends I had. When you go without seeing these people, you're like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> yeah. no interaction. In addition to fitness classes and yoga, you are a major open water swimmer. You swim miles in cold water with no wetsuit and you're in a very cool swim club. Yeah, it's just a bunch of weirdos, you know. And like sometimes, some days we go swim and we literally just do breaststroke with our heads out of the water and chat. Oh, really? See, I've never sometimes seen swimming like as a, a sport mile. where you could like talk to anyone. <laughs> in the water yeah Yeah. well that's so funny because usually I mean I'm like a get right to it like let's get in let's go and the last few times that I've met up with my swim group we've all just chatted the whole time and uh I think it's because we're all just missing that connection so much from everything it's like yeah, I could stick my face in the water and, you know, swim alongside you and wave at you for the next mile and a half, or um, we could like, just chat. Stop and talk. All the yeah. Co- yeah. All the coffee shops around are closed too. And that was our kind of post-swim tradition as we'd all go and grab coffee and hang out by the fireplace and chat. It's just those small little interactions or those, um, yeah, the opportunity for interaction just isn't there anymore. So you kind of have to make it. Yeah. And and now when you're and, swimming, yeah, are you, so. are you like socially distanced swimming? <laughs> yeah, we try. I mean, it kind of happens that way anyway, especially yeah. in open water because somebody gets, they, they get carried away over there. It's so funny when you look at your GPS after the swim, you're like, where was I going here? <laughs> <laughs> you never know the straight line. <laughs> I know. I know. I always, every triathlon, I'm like, that was longer than a mile. Like I swam totally. more than a mile. Like I don't know if other people yeah. swam more than a mile, but I definitely did. Yeah. I get out of the water and I'm just like, oh my God, like I was so slow. And then I'm like, well, technically speaking. I grew up swimming and I swam competitively in high school, not in college. I probably could have if I really would have tried. But by the time I graduated, I was so tired of waking up early and you know, swimming twice a day and doing all that. I was just really ready to be done with it. I think it's really easy for even high school athletes to get really burned out. Yeah. But I, I always swim in a pool and then my dad, who my, my marathoner, Ironman ultra running dad surprise signed me up for a 
a 5k in the Puget Sound. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, you know, I have to do this because he signed me up for it. And anytime anybody challenges me, that's just kind of, I'm like, Oh uh, yeah, of course. Like, well, you rise to it, you know? Yes. And man, I have never been so shocked in my life being a lifelong swimmer and then going into 49 degree water with all of these variables, like you have a ferry line that you have to watch out for. There's currents, tides, the weather, it, it just bringing in all of these different aspects of it. It's not I, just it swimming. It was so hard. Yeah. It was, no, it's everything. It was like, it was primal. And I just, after that, I felt so accomplished and so good. I couldn't wait to do it again. And then cold water kind of became like, now that's what I, I really look for. And then swimming in a pool after that. And you don't wear a wetsuit? No, I trained myself. It took a long time. I mean, you really have to acclimate. And so during that swim, the, my first swim, I did wear a wetsuit and I didn't like it. I think probably because being a lifelong swimmer, I just felt really restricted in it. Yeah. Like I didn't get to move my arms the way that I wanted to, you know, it was chafing on my neck. The only function was to keep me warm. And so I being a huge researcher and wellness nerd and fitness nerd, I got online and I'm like, how can I train myself and train my body to withstand these cold temperatures for a long period of time? And that's when I discovered Wim Hof. So I started kind of loosely doing a lot of the Wim Hof practices. I downloaded the app and I did the breath work and I'm lucky here in, in the Northwest too, because I live right on the Cedar River, which is it's a, one of our main water sources actually for Seattle. But so I live right off of the river. So I would do the breathing exercise and then I would get in the river and I started doing that year round. So the end of 2018 and through 2019, I swam no wetsuit and I was really able to, to acclimate and feel good without it. And how long did it take you to get to the place where you felt comfortable? Like how many, how many months or? I think my hardest swim was in February and the water was 48 degrees. It, I remember vividly, it was like a snowy day. So there's snow on the ground, which is kind of unusual for Western Washington. We're pretty mild climate, but that was my hardest swim. And I did a mile in that with no wetsuit. And then after that, I was like, Shh, I got this. And every, every swim just kept getting easier and easier. And every time you get in, I mean, I, I hate to say easier because it equally sucks every time. Getting in, but, but you just get used to it sucking. Because yeah. there's like, so much more value to it than the suck. So it's right, like once you right. get past the suck, you're like, oh, this is so good. Like I'm, I love swimming, but it's like that first yeah. 15 minutes of like transitioning from being dry and warm to freezing and in the water dealing with like everything that's going on around you. Yeah, but I love it too, because it's just, that's the hardest part of your day. On the days that you do get in, you're like, you know, that, that 15 minute build up to like just putting your face in the water and going once that is over with then anything else that comes at me during the day it's like no big deal yeah so what's your what's your longest like distance to mileage wise yeah you know nothing crazy my longest swim was probably it was meant to be 5k but I think it actually ended up being around 7k because of the current so that's probably my longest swim but I mean, 
I'd love to work my way up to doing something really, really hard. I think 2021, I've got some, some sites set on doing some bigger swims and and in the sound by you, you so that's in that's where sound. you guys swim. Yeah. yeah. How has your swimming and being athletic and sports kind of helped you maybe mentally and physically like be able to navigate during, you know, being an entrepreneur and maybe also yeah. like just having a baby and like having to do that in the time of COVID and having to like be able to really think fast and pivot and like. I think, yeah, all of those things kind of helped one another, right? Being an athlete or recreationalist. I don't know. I mean, somebody who swims like three, four miles or a 5K in ice cold water and doing Wim Hof and I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, compared to like Gwen Jorgensen, maybe you're not an athlete. (laughs) But compared to like my mother, you are. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like right in the middle. No, we joke around because, you know, I love biohacking and and all that stuff. I love getting into that. I know you're super into wellness and all of the woo-woo things that I'm into. I just love it. Yeah, I'm a big meditator. I love energy work and anything to kind of give you that that edge. But, you know, everything in my world complements the next thing. So actually starting Mad Ritual, I had gone from like a desk job to being an entrepreneur and uh, I got in shape as the business was growing. So as the business was kind of getting in shape, I was getting in in better and better shape and training and and being fit because um, that was the only way that I really felt like I could drive the business forward. You rarely meet somebody who is an entrepreneur and has, um, and isn't, doesn't prioritize physical fitness. Yeah. I think that those two things go hand in hand. I mean, you can't, I don't know how you focus when you haven't worked your body out. Yeah. I agree. And then even for the birth, I trained for that. Like I trained for a race, you know, I was working really hard doing like a lot of pelvic floor exercises and keeping my cardio up. I actually hiked five miles the day before he was born because I was trying to get my water to break. I was like two weeks late. Some people say you're just supposed to move furniture, but you hiked five miles. Yeah. Yeah. I went on like it's so funny because um, we've got this trail up here by my house and my all my neighbors, you know, because everybody's home during COVID and they're all like, when's the baby coming? When's the baby coming? As I'm like power walking, you know, trying to get get my water to break. And then, um, but I had, I had a really smooth birth. You know, my water broke at seven o'clock in the evening and he came at nine. Wow. Yeah. So, and I really attribute that to, to having that just just being active I think it's so important to to train for it so and just enduring pain right yeah we do you have to have a high threshold especially without (laughs) drugs I mean I've never had kids but yeah I can only imagine yeah and just kind of remind yourself that you're meant to do it right and that's I know from an athletic perspective you know our bodies are so smart and they can do so much beyond what we imagine in our mind are all the limitations that we put on ourselves are are in our heads so um kind of surrendering to the body and and letting it do what it does uh i i was used to that from from swimming and lifting and yoga and just really being in tune with myself and then even entrepreneurship too i mean gosh that you get beat up doing that every single day so (laughs) 
<laughs> just being resilient is the biggest that's the biggest attribute to to all the things I think is just resiliency resilience is I think the key to life honestly yeah you have to keep getting up you and... have to be and, and I learned all of those things from sports like I don't think I would have that mental visual right if I didn't do yeah. triathlon if I didn't practice yoga if I didn't know how to be flexible if I didn't know how to pivot you can be so physically fit but if you're not mentally fit then you don't stand a chance yes you need to bring your mental strength to the level of your physical strength and vice versa but I think that you're right like the mental strength is really really key you were saying you meditate yeah I do do you do transcendental meditation or you do I do you do okay I do I sit and I try to be still. It's hard. My friend at dinner this weekend told me that I have to meditate. And I was like, I do. do it. And she's like, no, like sit still. That's the only way, in my yeah, opinion. That's what like, she said. Oh, I meditate yeah. while I walk. And no, then, it's no. different. <laughs> it's different. Right. It's totally different. I actually did a meditation intensive up in Vancouver, BC, a couple of years ago. And I think I'm like you in that way where I get really carried away with something. Yes. So before I even sat down and like attempted meditation, I could tell you all about it. I could tell you all about the benefits. I read books about it. I read articles. I listened to podcasts, but I had never done it. Like I never just sat down and done it. Just sum me up with the meditation. Yes. It's like, I know everything about it, but I have not done yeah. it. Yeah. I'll tell you about it. Yeah, exactly. And and so then I finally started doing it actually with Mad Ritual that because of all of the variables and there are just so many things that I realized that we had absolutely no control over. And so I wanted to come to a place that that I had a little bit of, like, I don't even want to say control, but actually what meditation helped me do is just surrender to what is and accept what, what was going on. And I did this intensive up in British Columbia and it was wild. It was a whole weekend, it was three days and we meditated for 12 hours a day. Oh my God. It, it was silent. So we didn't speak to anybody outside of any kind of meditation exercise we were doing. And it changed my life. At one point, I thought my brain was going to break. Yeah. It was in the winter. It was up in, in British Columbia. It was cold. It was dark. And it was uncomfortable. We were sleeping in these tiny bunk beds. There were probably maybe 30 people. But it was awesome. You know, I, I've definitely had experiences microdosing with psilocybin. So I've had some psychedelic experiences. Did you ever do say, ayahuasca? I haven't. And I have some thoughts about that because I think it's being really appropriated right now Mm -hmm. it's become a huge trend and I just don't know if I'm fully behind it I think it can be really powerful for some people I think a lot of the information that's coming out you know to treat symptoms like uh, depression or PTSD I think all of that's really powerful and interesting but there's kind of this whole Instagram wanderlust thing happening with ayahuasca and I just don't know if I'm behind it, you know, yeah. but it, what I would kind of 
at least in, in my experience, so having done substances to kind of get you to that mental state or that mental place is like, it's almost like crash dieting because you get to, you get to it, but it's not sustainable. Right. As we're meditation, that's a lifestyle change. So you're really going to feel, you're going to feel better. You're going to experience more benefits. And, and I just, I think it's a more sustainable practice than going on a trip. Yeah. 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 So that's kind of how I look at it. But, but this intensive, I mean, I I definitely had a direct experience of myself that will stay with me forever. And I try to come back to that even when I'm feeling overwhelmed or um, anxious, I kind of, you kind of have that tool to go to and that experience to come back to and you kind of remember, okay, this is who I am and just surrender to what is and realize that it's, it's really all good. I feel like I get glimpses of meditation in many of the things that I do, like, you know, when I'm on my bike, when I'm running, when I'm practicing yoga, right? But it's not the same thing as meditating intentionally, sitting still. So I feel like, you know, so many parts of my life have led me to wanting to explore meditation, but also like not wanting to explore it. So I feel like... (laughs) Because I am definitely Marnie on the move and that did not come out of nowhere. Like I definitely do not sit still. I do not stay still. It's always moving. I feel like I talk about it all the time and it will happen when I am ready, right? But I definitely definitely look forward to eventually doing it. I think Winhof might happen sooner than meditation. Yeah, that's a great place to start. I mean, that's where I really started. Oh, yeah, you have to when you're in that freezing cold water, you really have to master your mind. Otherwise, you're gonna jump right back out and never want to do it again. Yeah, I mean, that for me, I think is like my next big focus is mastering my mind and getting into the ocean or open water. And like, getting through the cold water, because I think that that is the first barrier for me mentally that Mm -hmm. sets me off so because I know I'm a good swimmer I know I have the endurance and you know some basic technique that can get me through an open water swim but as soon as I get cold it's like my mind goes so many different places and that it doesn't have to go yeah and I can tell myself that now like talking to you on the podcast but if you see me (laughs) in the bay and there's like you know, I get out there, it's a beautiful day and like maybe there's chop, fine. I get hit in the head with one little chop and then I'm like freezing and then I'm drowning. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it goes yeah. from like beautiful day to chop to freezing to drowning. And that's like my oh, mind because totally. nothing, yeah. nobody else is drowning. Nobody else is freezing and everybody is swimming. So I'm there must be something going on that I don't know about with me. And then I just I take myself down that mental path of like demise and I'm out, totally. I'm out of the water. <laughs> totally. That's so, like some people, if they let, you know, they wake up in the morning and they spill coffee on themselves on, on the way to work. And then they just decide that that's, the that's how their day is going to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mastering that. But another thing too, with yoga, I've been doing yoga since I was 21. Yeah. And me too. that's yeah. really helped me. It just helps me with everything. As you know, your instructor always says the pose that you resist is the one that you need the most. Yes. And when I first started being still in Shavasana, the no, I never do <laughs> Shavasana. My yoga right. teacher right now, she's like, cause it's all digital. She's like, 
I'm going to sign off, but stay in Shavasana for like 10 minutes if you can. And as soon as she signs off, I'm like up back at my desk. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I know it's hard. I definitely miss the studio doing yoga at home in my living room is not. Not the same, but hey, it's yoga. It's not the same. Yeah, it's beneficial, but you just don't. That's another thing too, writing a blog and exploring more of that that kind of service side of Mad Ritual and how we can do that digitally has been fun for me because I really miss connecting with our customers and with people and with other companies. And I tend to shine as like relationships and connection and the challenge of doing that all on a digital platform is a lot harder than I would have anticipated it. You just can't you can't feel somebody through a screen. It's really hard. So being able to have the outlet and do the blog and, and opportunities like this for your podcast. Yeah. Thank you. It means a lot. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, for sure. So, well, this has been so great. Thank you Good. very much, Jessica. Yes. Thank you, Marnie. Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, marnieonthemove1 at gmail.com. And let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. 